0: You're checking into Sex Club. Matt tales After Hours. I'm Matt, your host and the creator of Matt tales forty years of gay adventures, the autobiographical erotica podcast. In Sex Club, I'll talk to guests about gay sex through the last fifty years, from cruising and phone lines to apps and cams. You'll hear tales from other guys and get to tell your own. Each episode will include a live moment because you should never leave Sex Club until you get what you want. Tell me
1: about your earlier life being a gay man. And what was it like for you to first express being gay back in the day? And you tell me what era we're talking about.
2: It was in the 70s. Um, I'm 68 now. Um, in the 70s, um, you know, that's when disco was happening. And it was popping up all over the place. And people would end up going to to bars in the middle of the afternoon because they had DJs playing and and great music playing. And you could dance to it. And stuff. And everybody was could could get into that. And it was all over Manhattan that they would have this. And it just made for a lot of fun. And plus, um, I had started, I, I was a little different than some of the people, some of friends that I knew, because the fact that um when I was in early high school, I was like 15, and I was going out to clubs, because you only had to be 18 to get into a club, and I, I I, I had longer hair, and I looked older. So, and, and plus, they never checked ID back then. You know, no one ever carried ID with them. You know, you didn't have any reason for it, because nobody ever stopped you for anything. No one ever asked you for anything. They just, oh, come on, you know, like that. As long as you had the money to get in, they didn't care. They just shoved everybody in, right? So I was meeting guys in their 20s, and, uh, and uh, like even up to 25, and they became friends of mine. And they were thinking that I was at least 18 or 19, but I was 15 years old. And I was running around with this, this one girl that I knew from high school who was very, very uh, experimental and stuff. And she used to drag me to some of these, these clubs in Manhattan that were like, we'd go out on like a Friday night. and We wouldn't come home until late Saturday morning, you know, and then we'd be out all night at these clubs because the music would just play until four or five in the morning, and then you'd go out to an after hours place. And then everybody would go out for breakfast, then then you'd go home to go to sleep. You know, it was it was that kind of thing. And I got I really got into that at a very young age. And I started having older friends, because like I said, they thought I was around their age, but I wasn't, you know, I just I just seemed older. And plus, I was hanging around with older guys and stuff. So it was a combination of things all over Manhattan. I mean, you had you had sex clubs, you had you had um, you had the piers, you know, with all the warehouses that they before they knocked them all down. There were warehouses, and people used to go and play in those. You had the 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 um, the meat packing across the street from the piers. And those had all the different meat trucks and things like that. But sometimes people would find a truck that was empty and they'd make that into a sex club. It just like a million people piling in there and closing the door. And then, and then you were in there for hours just doing everything and anything under the sun inside a truck. And it was a real you really took a chance because, you know, if the cops got wind winded, they could just pull open the door and there'd be like 500 guys in there all totally naked and shit doing everything, you know. And, and so it was it was a chance. Things like that were a chance. They it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of like um, at the same time, you it was it was dangerous in the sense that you didn't know because uh, if you got caught, you know, they would they would haul you off to jail. And, and it was all considered, you know, um, something that wasn't legal to do anything with anything at that time. So so you always, automatically, if you were hauled off to jail, you got in trouble and you had to pay a big fine. And then it was on your record and all kinds of shit and everything. But I was lucky that never happened to me. And I enjoyed the hell out of the, the village was especially fun down there because it was more more risque than some of these other places around around Manhattan. Like, they just felt like, oh, all the weirdos are down in the village, so they just do whatever they want down there. That's what they considered it. So a lot of times we would start our evenings down in the village and end our evenings down in the village, you know, a little of both and stuff. And they had sex clubs up in on top of these um, re, uh, like uh, little hole in the wall uh, warehouses and stuff. You'd climb up a, a flight of stairs and there'd be like just a door. And then you open the door and it's a private club. And you had to, yeah, again, you didn't have to show ID, but you had as long as you could pay whatever they were asking for, they let you in. They didn't care you know, and there'd be guys just sitting in a tub, and people would be pissing on them. And there would be whatever your fantasy was kind of thing. They had a row of slings, they had, they had, they tried to cater to all kinds of tastes and stuff. And, and so, so even though you were like, you know, like I was, I was in, in high school at the time, I was meeting guys in their 20s and 30s that that I was playing with. And, and, and just like, feeling really proud of myself that I could attract these older guys like that, but they had no clue. They just automatically assumed I was over 21, but I wasn't.
1: So younger kids now can be on their phones from whenever they can steal their parents. Yeah, we didn't through, have right? any of that stuff. So, but, so they know what a sling is and they know what a sex club is and they know what a butt plug is and they know what piss it like. They, they can, even if they haven't done it, they right. know what it is when we were younger we didn't know no. it until we saw it right. so do you remember were you um what were all the feelings that went in through your head and in your heart and whatever what are the feelings you had when you first went into some of those places well
2: people had friends of mine that were in the into those places told me about them but i hadn't experienced it for myself yet so it was kind of frightening I was I like I was like I was scared, but at the same time intrigued and only because I liked trying different things and I wanted to see what it would be about and stuff. So so they would bring me to the anvil. They bring me to the 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 um, the mine shaft. The mine shaft was especially that was probably like like one of the top places that where like anything and everything could go on in there. You know, so guys would they would throw someone on a table and everybody would have their way with them and stuff. You know, and and they didn't have any closing time. They just they would close whenever the place emptied out. So they just kind of stayed open. You know, much longer than you thought they'd be open. You know, because people were having a good time and they came from all over the place and 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 you'd come out of there looking like you know like you know. like you went through a hurricane or something like that cuz cuz your your clothes were torn and and your hair was a mess and you know you'd you'd have you'd have some cum on the side of your mouth and just like all kinds of stuff would just be going on in these places and it was it was it just made for a really fun evening and then and then the next evening you'd be back there again you know cuz you had such a great time you wanted to go back and you you would tell people about it the people that weren't afraid to do that went with you you know, so they would try it out and stuff. And at the same time, we had like in the summers, you'd, you'd go out to Fire Island, and they had the the ferry that would take you from Long Island out to the out to to uh, Fire Island to Cherry Grove, and um, and then uh, things would go on on the boat. Like people would would be, I remember looking over and seeing guys just laying on these these tops of of benches and stuff, getting sucked off you know, on the boat ride over because it was, it was at least a half hour ride over to the thing. And and there was only one guy driving the boat and he was busy driving the boat. So he never came to check on anything. So everybody on the boat was making their own little party out of stuff, which was which was incredible. And then then you would get to Fire Island to Cherry, uh, Cherry Grove. And and that was more to me, it seemed um, it was more regular for me because it, it was more the people that I was used to from Manhattan the um, the Pines, which was the other section, uh, you had a bunch of dunes you could go through and people were playing in the dunes, or you could take a water taxi there and and that took about 15 minutes. Uh, but but the Pines was totally different. The Pines was more like like Calvin Klein had a house out there and people like that. And it was more more uh, stand and pose models and things that would come out for with with their giant uh, giant trunks for the weekend. They bring like a trunk full of clothing for the weekend because they they would change every two minutes and stuff. They weren't doing that in Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove was sleazy. In the pines, it was fancy. So so like the drink prices were higher and and everything was much, much higher. There were big yachts in the in the water there and stuff. You didn't have that over in Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove, people looked at it like, oh, Cherry Grove. That's you know, that gets wild. It did get wild, you know, because because people would be like laying on the beach and doing whatever and and it was just our own private space to do things it was great
1: and wasn't there wasn't there sort of the between like wasn't there the what was it called
2: oh yeah well 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 the, the we called it the dunes because there were dunes in between and they went on for a while and you you had to walk it was probably a good 25 minute walk between the two places but but uh, you'd be stepping over bodies too because people would be laying in the on the on the ground, just like doing whatever. And you have to go around them and stuff. And it was dark out. You only had the moon and the stars to shine and, and show you which way to go. Cause there were there were no lights anywhere. And and uh it just it just was known about that way. So like every I, I tried to go out there a lot during the summer it was a way to cool off and 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 plus I met people out there and it was fun you just had a great time you could do whatever you wanted um but um it seemed like all over the place there was lots of that going on uh, up in up in the central park you had the rambles and and that was a busy place all the time and then down in the village you had certain places that were you know busier than others and 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 you had um I remember I used to go to um, my favorite place was was on 14th Street called Jay's, and it was a private um, it was a bar but sometimes they turned it into a private club. They would have a doorman and he would only allow certain people in. When they got too full, he 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 cut it off because it would get really really crowded late late at night. And then they would they would lock the door. And anything and everything was going on in there, you know, like the bathrooms are busy. The dance they had a dance floor in there, which was not used as a dance floor. It was more of a sex floor. So that was busy. The bar was busy. It just it just was a fun fun evening, and it wouldn't close until like eight in the morning. So you 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 could spend the whole night there if you wanted to, and you never knew who you were going to meet. And and uh, I think you kind of like. Uh, grew up in that those places. I did anyway. I I, I enjoyed all that stuff. I loved that, that we would have like, <laughs> there would be these places that would do circle jerks on Sunday afternoons. And they would invite like, you know, there'd be a few hundred people that would show up and you had to check your clothes when you came in. So then there were giant circles of people standing around and they'd be there to DJ and they would play little games and things and stuff. But it was mostly just people like sucking each other off and, and jerking off and and it just it was wild you know because like this stuff wasn't going on in other other places around outside of the city. but in Manhattan it was almost like a free-for-all of this yeah. stuff you know so you always knew you could you could find some place that would be really fun like that to yeah. just kind of explore.
0: walk up the hill behind the Central Park Boathouse restaurant and into the Ramble. It's a hot summer night and the sun has gone down, the time when leftover tourists and bird watchers make their way back to the main roads and out of the park. I begin walking the dirt runway down the center of the peninsula that ends with a view across the lake to Bethesda Fountain. Men pass quietly in either direction and bodies move behind bushes and down to the path along the water. It's dark now, and it's a quiet night, except for the sounds of footsteps breaking twigs or when someone moans, comes, and shoots onto the leaves. I sit on the edge of a big rock. More men arrive down the path to lean against a tree or to connect and head out to the woods together. It's such a warm and peaceful night that many of us just relax into the background. I see the outline of a young muscular body coming down the path, T-shirt over his wide shoulders and thighs pushing out from his running shorts. He's in his early 20s, with thick, smooth, pale skin, a small, tight waist, and a beautiful boyish face. He walks confidently to the end of the path where we are gathered, and then stops, taking us all in. He pulls off his t-shirt, then steps out of his shorts. He is now wearing just his sneakers and a thick silver chain around his neck. He doesn't move. We all stare at him and begin to stir, not yet sure what this is about. He moves his legs apart and stands firmly, facing ahead. Men begin to walk toward him or closely by him. I move from the rock I'm on to a tree near him and lean. More men come closer. I take a chance and step directly in front of him. He looks into my eyes and lifts his arms to each side, offering his body. I reach out and touch his chest and he remains still. Now other hands are on him, then more. Men move in from all directions, putting their hands on the muscles of his back, over his shoulders and ass, and down his legs. I keep my place in front so I can watch him being touched everywhere. His eyes light up, then close tightly, and I can feel his breathing get faster through my hands, still on his chest and stomach. The men begin to jerk off with one hand while they take turns stroking his thick cock with the other. His arms and legs remain spread, and he stands tall in the middle of the swarm that has engulfed him. He begins to moan, and the hands on his cock work faster. He puts his head back, groans, and comes all over me, spraying me from my chest down to my stomach and over my own hard cock which has been pressed against one of his thighs. Faces go down for it, licking it off his legs and mine, tongues everywhere, catching drops running down my stomach and off the tops of his dirty sneakers. I smile at him, and he smiles back, putting his t-shirt on, pulling up his shorts, Turning around and sprinting down the path.
1: Some of the podcasts are about the gay cable network and some of the sex clubs that were early on. I didn't. I'm. I came a little bit later, so I missed some of the ones you're talking about. Yeah. But, but one of the questions I always ask is, like, how do you how did you find those places, or did you could you like, you know, now they would look it up. There would it would be on Sniffers. No, you there talk to your friends. That's right. You no, know, so we how, didn't right. have
2: cell phones. You know, right. um, we had we had answering machines, but right. but that, you know, people plugged their phone, you know, they their <laughs> their phone would answer. So it was a time, it was a time and a place that it didn't matter that you didn't have a phone with you. You know, if you weren't home, you weren't home. It left a message. That's all. So whenever you got back to it, that's when you got back to it. The world didn't end, business didn't stop, none of that stuff. It just was used to that kind of system. And and you didn't have to depend on phones or any of that stuff. You just had to to know how to get to some of these places because sometimes they would be hidden away down like a little side street somewhere in the village or something. And you had to you had to know exactly where you were going with that. But if you knew people that hung out at those places, they always told you, Oh, I'll meet you on the corner and then I'll take you to this place. So that's what they would do. And there was so much of that, like downtown and uptown and 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 you had. There was a um, a bar that I used to ha- like hanging out because I, um, I I never actually had a um, an exact type of guy that I was attracted to, but I liked a lot of different types of guys. But then you had just these parties all over the place. You would hear about a party going on on the Upper West Side or a party on the Upper East Side, or 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 you people had favorite bars that they went to and they they. They just would, um, then Then people would go to someone's apartment and they would have a party going on there. You know, there was so much of that all over the place that you were constantly hopping in a cab to go to the next event or the X or whatever. And so you, you'd you be out all night. You, you just didn't, you know, you didn't know what time you were going to get home. And most yeah. of, I mean, at least the people that I was hanging with, they were all living with their families. So, you know, I don't, they don't, I don't know if they, They caught hell and not, you know, by the time they came in, but (laughs) I know I used to tell them, oh, I'm going to go stay over at, you know, such and such house, you know, because I knew I wouldn't be getting home (laughs) until like, you know, way in the morning sometime and stuff, you know, so I had to, I had to come up with something.
1: It's so funny. As you're describing this, I was saying, you know, the other, the, the actually the number one question topic I get from the younger ones is about cruising. What yeah. Cruising means how you learn cruising because they don't have much of an opportunity to learn it now. Right. Because they're all, they're on their phone, yeah. but it's funny. It's like, and I try to explain that cruising is not just walking past someone and making eye contact and hooking no. them up. Cruising is everything that you're describing. Cruising is how to find that party, how to and how to behave when you're in a sexual situation. Right, right. It's like it's how to interact with other guys in a sexual way or in a place where that's or you're off the uh, the grid a little bit. Or right. cruising is all cruise. Don't you th- agree? Our, cruising yes. is so much more than just a lot
2: of the-, the a lot of your your older friends would teach you things too. If you didn't, if you weren't familiar with with certain stuff. Like, I remember going to certain parks and there, you know, people would cruise around in their cars and stuff and they would just pull over and, and you'd talk to them a little bit. Then you'd get in the car and next thing you know, you were off somewhere, you know, and it would usually be to some kind of alley or some place where where there was no cars around or anything like that. And you could do stuff like that. You know, it was it was just like that. That was that was Manhattan. But there was like so much opportunity to really express yourself in a sexual way at that time, I thought that that just was so amazing. You know, plus the music was great. You know, like, like I loved all those beats and all the all the like more than more than just the 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 lyrics and in the songs. I love the extended uh, the the musicians in the background playing these long instrumental things and stuff, because they just would get you going. Like certain songs would really get you up on the floor dancing and stuff like that, and it was, it seemed to be like that throughout the country at the time. And there wasn't all that hangups on everything, you know. People weren't all all caught up in, um, AIDS hadn't come in yet specifically, and so so everybody was doing a little bit of everything and anything, you know. And 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 when it did come in, things changed rapidly, very very rapidly. People were afraid there was not much information and they didn't know what was happening they just knew that people were getting sick and dying in a short amount of time yeah. and and everyone everyone that i knew including myself we we all lost a lot of people it yeah. shut a lot of it down in a very short time yeah and and plus places where people would go and play that became shut down too they would the the authorities would find out about some of these places and they would make sure that they would clear them out like if mm-hmm. something was like, let's say, it was in a park with a bunch of bushes, they'd clear down the bushes so oh, they would, right. so that you wouldn't have a, a place to go go play in there and stuff like that. Wow. They would they would constantly be on those kind of things through different um, different uh, authoritative groups and stuff. They would check yeah. out. They would get referrals about things where where stuff was happening, and they would they then they would like go in there and and besides busting people, they also would clear it out. You know, recently lost lost my partner twenty three years back in L. A. in West Hollywood. To um, he had a heart attack, and and it was unexpected. You know, just all of a sudden he he was a healthy guy, and and he was twenty years younger than me, and we were together for twenty three years, and so so I just couldn't handle being there anymore, and that's yeah. why I moved to Palm Springs.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, so, sorry. I didn't
2: know where else to go, and I just. I, I had never thought about moving to Palm Springs because I always thought I was too young to live in Palm Springs. You know, I figured, <laughs> To me, everybody I was know. like 90 and a thousand. So <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going down there. I would go, I would go visit once in a while, you know, with a friend on business or something like that. But, but it never was that interesting to me. So I because they because they didn't have an ocean and, and it, it was hot, you know, so I was like, who wants that shit? You know, at least in LA, you can go to the ocean, you know? So, True. but I, I, so I, um, but I moved here and and now I'm enjoying it a lot more than I, than I did, you know, the first, because when I first moved here, it was COVID. So everything shut down, basically.
1: I, I think the, you know, the experiences you're, some of them you're describing, and we all have we all have versions of them, any of us older than 40, 45. I think it's a thing that, that you go through and that makes you into who you are. And it actually had, gives you a slightly different perspective on love and the gay community and what it being with another man and all those things. Yeah. I think if you don't go through those things, I'm not saying you're missing out because those are sad things, but I but I do think there's something to be gained by having experienced some of those moments, you know. I think they make us stronger. I think for our gay identity, they make me much stronger as a sure. They a they gay make me stronger
2: as a human being.
1: And I was just going to say that not just as a gay man, but as a man. So my idea of what my idea of what a man is, is very different from when I was younger. (laughs) It changes, it changes
2: all the time. When I was a little kid, like five or six, I knew that, that I was attracted to men. I remember in the summers, the firemen would come when it was really, really hot out and they would open up the fire hydrants for for you know for kids to cool off little little kids but I would see the firemen there getting off of their trucks and they would like bend over and 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 make sure that the that the that the water was going in certain directions and stuff and they would get their t shirts soaking wet and I would be standing off on the side all these other kids were running in and out of the water but I didn't do that. I wanted to watch them firemen have always been an important um like uh, sexual fantasy to me uh, for years. And um, even in my years later, when I, when I became Mr. Bear in LA and I had to do my contest, I had to come up with a sex scenario. And um, I had to act it out on stage at the Eagle in, in Silver Lake in LA, since I'm a chef and a baker, that I got invited to come and cook for the local fire station. And when I got there, Um, they said to me, well, before we go in the kitchen and everything, so the the head guy takes me upstairs and and he opens this door and I look in the room and there's a dirty mattress on the floor and two firemen standing there in jocks. And I'm like, you know, I just like that. So he, he slams the door and he shoves me on the mattress and he tells the two firemen standing there, he goes, I'll be back in a little bit, but you can, you can have your way with him and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, like, what kind of fantasy is this? You know, I just like, like, I didn't expect any of that. You know, I was, I had my cooking utensils. I had everything with me to start cooking. They weren't that interested in that. They wanted me to just to to whatever. So, so, so I had a nice time with them and they, um, and then he comes back and he takes this, this, uh, he had on a yellow jock, the the at the head fireman, and he pulls it off, and he wets it down, and then throws it on my face. He said, "Here, you deserve this," like that. And so, so I incorporated that into my outfit for for my contest. I I wore a I had a yellow harness, and I had a yellow jock, and and big fireman boots that I wore, and I had I had this old jacket that was like a fireman's raincoat from like a hundred years ago and it's still fit. So I, I, that's what I used to, to go on the stage with. And then I stripped down from there and they, they were reading everything that I wrote to the audience and I was acting it out. And that was part of my, my thing. And they just went nuts. It was a whole crowd of bears and 300 people and, and, you know, typical Eagle stuff and everything. So, so they just loved the hell out of it. Um, I won the contest and I beat out three other guys that were younger in their 30s and 40s. They hand me this big bucket and I go into the audience in my jock and I had to collect money for a charity, Project Angel Food. And in 10 minutes, I collected $350. And they said that was the most that they ever had collected before and stuff. I had the best time. And then the rest of the year, I I raised money for different charities.
1: I do think there's been a little bit of separation of like the older guys now. Yes. It's all um, the daddy's in daddy and bear and all that. It's much more acceptable, much more accepting body shaming and all that stuff is going away. But I, I still think there is a gap in experience and wisdom that's gotten wider. The gap has gotten wider. Um, and I don't, um, I'm not sure how to, repair it
2: but Which i it's kind think. of funny in a way because yeah. a lot of those younger guys nowadays are attracted to older guys
1: that's right they know? are and maybe that's like, why but maybe that's why do you think so art i never thought about it until you do just do they want that.
2: to learn from it uh some of them do but um uh, they look at it as like like you know um i don't know it depends what they're looking for from from another man Yeah, you know like um yeah like you can't let the fear drive who you are. you know you have to try and find answers to stuff. you have to you have to educate yourself yeah and you have to you have to understand that everyone is not you. Yeah, you know um everyone has their own you know uh, dreams in life and, and that they they're trying to attain. but um they don't need to step on someone to get to that point. Mm-hmm. they can they can work along with someone to get to, to who, where they want to be.
1: Well, I think one, yeah. And I think the thing that's acknowledged more now, maybe it always has been that gay men are going to have sex with each other. It's who we are. It's, it's a part of our tribe. It's Mm -hmm. a very big part. It's not only who we are, obviously, but it is a part of who we are. And it, and, and, um, And we're not ashamed of it either. So So it's funny. I was at a sex party in um, about six months ago Uh here here in Palm Springs. And I looked around the room and I looked around the room and there were guys like you and I who kind of older, a little bit older and been through some shit and whatever, but going at it. And we were in, they were in a circle and they were just like, I could hear fuck. Yeah. Over and over, which is a sign that everyone's having a good time. You hear fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know, I'm like, someone's <laughs> getting fisted. I hear, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, you know, so it was that, those guys. And then over in the corner were two like twinks and they were like petting each other and they were like trying, one was trying to get in the sling and it was very really sweet. It was it's hot, you know? And then they kind of came, but I'm thinking, all right, they're 25 the rest of us are 55 to 75, right? There's a couple of tourists from the Midwest who are 30 who just look like deer in headlights, but they're like watching and they're having a (laughs) good time. And I'm just, and I thought, okay, the young ones don't have the point of view. The old ones have, we are, there's a bunch of survivors over in this corner Uh fisting each other, yelling, fuck yeah. And they're like, Uh these, these are my, these guys have been through some shit. You know what I mean? But Uh there they are in a harness there they are having great sex there they are doing their thing and like in it. And the young ones are trying to be in it, but, but like, but they're, we're all men in the same room right. wanting to interact with each other sexually, have that animal part of ourselves, have that masculinity, like identify with ma- touch another man, smell another man. Like it's something that like universally has bring, brings us all together. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought like, after all these years, and all the shit we've been through and all the bitching everybody does about everything, here we are all together in a room. This is like a big part of every one of us, even though we come from completely different backgrounds.
2: And you were proud of it.
1: I was really proud of it.
2: What turns me on is when when a man is, um, is not an asshole, is not a jerk, you know, and they're who they are, they're themselves and they yeah. don't feel that they have to pretend to be something else. I I love that. I look for that. Um I want them to you know I like I like when guys are nice when they when they when they have they have a a a soul when they have when they have a spirit to them that that wants to be there for people. That that's amazing to me because I always had that with my partners. And I I was I had you know my first relationship was 8 years then 2 years then 4 years then 23 years. And so I was with these men because we grew together and I look for growth and I'm not looking for a partner now, but I am looking, you know, for, to have people in my life around me that do represent some of those, those characteristics. And that that's, that's very important to me. So it's not just the looks kind of thing, or if someone's really hot, you know, big deal, you know, there's, there's a million hot guys. And, that's and, true. and the thing is, you know, especially like if you see a hot guy come in a bar, you know. And you think they're like amazing kind of thing just wait a couple of minutes you know two seconds later there'll be somebody else coming in and they'll be super hot you know so that's that's that just happens that's not a big deal to me i'd rather know that the person is is funny has a personality and 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 is you know is proud of who they are to me that's that's a good man to have in your life
0: you're checking out of sex club matt tells after hours throw your towel into the basket and please come back for more hot guests and gay sex please leave a rating or review hit me up if you want to tell your story or submit your audio go to MattTells.com and follow matt tells and sex club on instagram or facebook at matt Tells gay adventures you can always message the fuck out of me at matt pod at gmail.com thanks to the handsome and charming as fuck art berkowitz for his honest and hot stories about 70s and 80s new york art has the old-fashioned kind of social media conversation and you'll find him telling stories around Palm springs or at tool shed sometimes with me Special shout out to a good friend in Southern California who provides those beautiful sounds of men fucking. Also provided by your host. And check out my fetish page on Twitter at muscle
1: i mean so we can talk again because we have seven hundred thousand great stories to tell.
0: <laughs> um, um... I got a lot of troubles.
2: <laughs> the things that I, I, I was, I was at many places that I that I probably shouldn't have been at. But, oh, I can't I like to hear more about that. I do have great, I do have great stories, and I, and I. yeah there was so much I mean so many things that I kind of look up to because they were so much fun you know just just fun